When you have a, a problem in life, how intentional are you at going to God and asking Him for the answer? How intentional are you at going to Him first? You know, sometimes, I know in my life, sometimes I make a lot of decisions and realize, oh, wait a minute, I didn't even, I didn't even ask God what He thought about it. Have you ever had a big situation where you just needed some guidance in life and you didn't know where to go or where to turn to? You didn't know what the answer was? I remember back in 2015, I was at a crossroads, you could say, in my life. I had graduated high school, been out of school for a few years, and I was working at this job that I knew there was no future there career-wise. And so I started to think to myself, you know, I got to decide what I'm going to do with my life. I've got to, like, pick a career or something, and I should probably get going to school for that if that's what I'm going to do. And the thing of it was, for years and years, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had ideas, of course. But I remember in the July, in that summer of 2015, September was coming, and... I felt to myself, I said to myself, I got to figure out what I'm to do. Am I going to school this fall? And so, what should you do when you don't know what to do? Especially if we call ourselves a Christian, what should we do? We should pray. We should pray about it. And so, I remember one afternoon, I was alone in our family house, and I went into my bedroom and I shut the door. And I actually got down on my knees by my bed with my Bible. I remember this because I never, I didn't do that too much. But this time I did because I wanted an answer from God. I needed one. And so there were two options going around in my mind. Number one was I could go get a trade, a skilled trade, right? I thought trades are in high demand. They make good money. I'll be set. For life, if I get a trade, if I go do an apprenticeship, that was one option. But the other option was there was something in the back of my mind that felt that God wanted me to, shall I say, go into ministry or at least seek Him more. I didn't know what any of that was at that time. And we had, my parents and I, we had gone to Kingswood University in New Brunswick, and that's the Wesleyan Bible College. And we had gone there for a campus tour, and we'd looked over the school the year before. But the last minute, I dropped out. I said, no, I can't go. I don't want to go. I'm too scared. I don't know. I had my reasons. But I couldn't get it out of my mind. And so here it was. Should I go to a trade? Should I go to Kingswood? And so while I'm kneeling there by my bed, I pray to God. I say, God, this is the options. And if you have something else that I don't know about, please tell me. But I need an answer from you. You know, I heard a few weeks ago, it was Elon Musk, of all people, he said that most people don't realize that the life they live right now is often based on decisions they made three to five years ago. I knew I was choosing big stuff. If I chose a different path, I know I wouldn't be standing here today. And so I needed, I needed something other than myself, and so I asked God, And when I finished my prayer, did I get up and walk away and go about my day? No. 
because I really wanted an answer. So I just knelt down and I just waited in silence, listening as best as I could to hear something. And today we are, we are finally, we have come to the end of our Proverbs series. And you know, September started, school started, ministries are going to be starting, extracurriculars are going to be starting. It's a new beginning, September. And I think it's very timely that our last talk on Proverbs today is divine guidance. Hearing what God has to direct us in our life for. Do you know, He wants, He wants to guide us in our lives. He really does. This is the same God that said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. This is the same God who said, when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. And I recognize, even this week, I recognize that there are many times in my life where I don't go to God enough. I don't go to Him first. Have you, maybe you're in that situation, maybe you have been, where you just recognize that, man, I've been trying to figure some things out on my own. And our text today is one verse in Proverbs 29, 18. And it says this, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Do you remember as a kid or a teenager having maybe a parent or some adult in your life always nagging you and telling you what you needed to do? Right? Make sure you eat your vegetables. (laughs) Make sure you... Wear your coat to school in the springtime, even though it feels warm and you don't want to wear a coat. <clears throat> I remember one, one June, it was about grade four, our, our class was having a year-end trip, and we were going to go to the lake, we were going to go to the beach, and we were going to be in the water all day. And of course, do you think my parents told me, make sure you put on your sunscreen? Well, you see, as a kid especially, I hated sunscreen. I hated the feel of it, I hated the smell of it. I hated how cold it was when it touched your skin at the, for the first time. And so, do you think that I put on my sunscreen? Well, I can't remember whether it did or didn't, but I remember the outcome, so I know I didn't. <laughs> I came home that night after being in the water all day, and my back was burnt to a crisp. <laughs> and I remember, you've ever had a sunburn on your back really bad? For the next like four or five days, if someone accidentally bumps you, you're like, oh. Or even trying to put on a shirt in the morning, you're just like, it's so sensitive. I can feel it. My parents were the voice of guidance for me. They wanted to do what was best for my sake. They were my wisdom. I heard them, but I didn't listen. And this passage of Scripture, it talks about what happens when we don't follow divine guidance. But I want to back up a little bit to the first, the question of, well, how do we find, how do we know when God is speaking to us? How does God guide us? And there are many ways that God guides us, but I want to just focus on the two big ones today. 
And number one is divine guidance comes through listening to His Spirit. Here's a powerful verse from 1 Corinthians. It says this, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given by God? This is, this is a radical statement that God, the Holy Spirit, is dwelling and residing inside of us. He has made us His holy temple. And He wants to communicate. He wants to have a relationship with you and I. He wants, to, he wants us to talk to Him and he wants, us, he wants us to listen. And He wants to tell us things and guide us in the way that we should go. But often that's not what happens, is it? Often I think one of two things happens in our walks with God. Number one, sometimes we just forget that God's, God's right there and we forget to even ask Him. Or other times we do ask Him and we offer up this little prayer, but before He can even answer, we say amen and we're out and on our way. And we don't even give Him the chance and the silence so that we could even hear if he had anything to say. I was reminded of a, a story in the Old Testament of someone who didn't always listen right. And I was reminded of King Saul. And in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 13, King Saul's getting ready to go to battle with his archenemy, the Philistines. But before he goes... The prophet Samuel says to him, don't go off to battle until, until I get there. Give me seven days, he says. Give me seven days to get there so I can offer a sacrifice for you, so I can bless you on your way. You see, in the Old Testament days, people didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. God always would speak through this holy person, a prophet. And oftentimes, the voice of the prophet was the voice of God. And the command for Saul was to wait, wait for Samuel to arrive. And so Samuel's waiting, or Saul rather, is waiting these seven days, and you know he's just waiting for the Samuel to come. And here is the problem: is that the longer he waited, the bigger the Philistine army was getting. Every day they were adding more and more troops. The enemy was getting ready for battle. And as the Israelites watched the Philistines get larger and larger, what does that do to you? It makes you start getting more and more discouraged. <laughs> and it says that people in the, in the Israelite army, they, they started deserting. They started running off for the hills. They said, we can't win against all these guys. And so Saul was stuck with a problem. Really, he should go and fight. He should go quick while he still has some morale. But Samuel said to wait. And so Samuel, or Saul's waiting there, and the seventh day comes partway through the day, and Saul's like, I've had enough. I gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta fight. And so he says, I want you to bring me the offering. I'll offer it instead of Samuel. And then we'll go. And in verse chapter 10, I will read the results of that decision. It says, Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. 
Saul went out to meet him and welcome him, but Samuel said, What is this that you have done? And Paul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And so I said, The Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. And this is what Samuel has to say. He says, How foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. Saul made a decision not to wait or listen to the command of the Lord. And that decision right there, if you read the rest of 1 Samuel, you'll discover that it, it destroys everything that King Saul has. You see, often it is better to wait for God's answer than go ahead with your own answer. Hmm. And I want to bring this back, back home right now. What, is there something going on in your life right now that, you, that keeps you up at night maybe? Is there a, a decision or a question you've been having and you, you're worked up about it? You don't know what to do in this situation? Well, I'll say this, that if something is worth worrying about or thinking about, it is worth praying about. He has given us His Spirit to be a guide in our lives. And also, number two, he has, guidance comes through obeying His Word. Or obeying His Word. And that verse in Proverbs, it says, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. You see, in Old Testament times, the law was kind of it was their Bible. It's what they had. It was the, typically the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And in, that, in those first five books, God tells Moses on Mount Sinai all the rules. You remember like the Ten Commandments with the, the rock? Ten Commandments, these written right in stone. And oftentimes I think, have, has any of you read through Leviticus lately? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> that says it all right there. You know, sometimes when you read through Leviticus and you read all these rules, do this, don't do that, you can easily get a misunderstanding of who God is. It's very easy to start thinking God is just all about these rules, like do this, don't do that. He's a God that's just heavy-handed and a legalist. And yet, I don't think anything can be further from the truth because the law was given actually to bring freedom to the people. There's an interesting phrase. I don't know if you caught it. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they, they run wild. Or in other translations, it'll say they cast off restraint. 
And you know, I was thinking, but isn't running wild like sometimes seen in our culture as a good thing? You know, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, you know, the Wild West or something, or, or like stallions running through the prairies, just free and wild. When I was at Kingswood University, we would have American students there, and sometimes they would bring up their cars so they could drive around for the year. And so you'd see all these different license plates out in the parking lot. And one license plate really intrigued me. And it was the state of New Hampshire. <laughs> there it is, spoiled it. That's what it, Their motto is on their license plate, and it says, live free or die. <laughs> I mean, what's ours? Ocean, Canada's ocean playground. These guys are like, no, live free or die. <laughs> These founders, they felt that if you couldn't live free, life wasn't worth living. And yet, and yet, if you go to New Hampshire, I promise you, you will discover that living free doesn't mean living without rules. I think most of us in life have recognized that some rules, some laws are actually for our benefit, right? They protect us. For instance, if, if you're driving towards Halifax on the 101 past Windsor where it gets to be four lanes, there's a reason why you're not allowed to drive on the left side against the oncoming traffic. It's illegal to do that. And I'm glad it is. <laughs> Because it's there to protect us. Or have any of you, have any of you ever had a pet that tried to escape? <laughs> have you ever had maybe a dog get off its leash or an indoor cat bolt for the door when you open it and they're gone? And you know, I'm just, I see some of these, especially cats, you see them in the windows and they see the birds out there and they just want to go and chase after them and they want to be free. They want to be their own boss, or so they think. They want to just run wherever they want to go. But they fail to realize that the boundaries in their life have been placed there to protect them. And it's the same with us, that when we ignore, when we ignore God's commands, we're running wild. We're outside of the confines where God can protect us. It's like we're driving on a highway where there's a, a guardrail and we go off it. That's what happens to us as well. You know, boundaries actually can lead to freedom. Order, you can't have order without boundaries, right? Or if you want a goal, if you want to obtain a goal in your life, you have to put boundaries around yourself. You're going to have to give yourself rules of things you can and can't do if you want to achieve that goal. Healthy relationships require boundaries. And it says that when we follow God's boundaries, that is when we are joyful. Wouldn't you think that we would be most joyful when we're wild and free? And yet, Scripture says that we are most free and joyful when we are within God's commands. Because He doesn't give us commands just because he does it just like my parents did when they told me to put the sunscreen on because they love me. I want the best for me. My dad used to tell me this story 
us kids. He, you know, every person's got their childhood stories. And my dad, for about the first five months of grade one, they hadn't built the big consolidated school yet. And which meant that everyone went out to these little one-room schoolhouses dotting all around the county. And so there's just one teacher, one classroom, that was it. And so for the first five months, my dad was in a one-room schoolhouse. And he said, one winter's day, the, the bus drops them off at this schoolhouse, and they discover there's no teacher. The teacher never showed up. And you know, as, as a young kid, when you, well, you know that saying, when the cat's away, the mice come out to play. <laughs> as a kid, when the teacher's not there, you get this idea, wait a minute, we can do whatever we want. No one's here to tell us to stop. We can stand on our desks. We can draw over the chalkboard. We can run outside and we can even bring snow inside and start throwing snowballs at each other. Inside, no one's going to tell us we can't. And so for that first bit in the morning, he said everyone was having a blast doing whatever they wanted. They were free. They were wild. But he said, you know, as the morning progressed, it just wasn't as fun anymore. <laughs> And you wouldn't think it, but some were actually wishing that there was a teacher there or that they could go home. And so eventually the kids got so just bored and nothing to do that they decided, some of them that lived nearby, they started to walk home. And until it was just my dad and another boy, and they lived farther away, so it'd be quite a hike. But anyways, there was nothing else to do. And and so they, at grade one, they just started walking, trudging through the snow on their way home. And eventually someone, a, a, someone from the community came and picked them up. Those are the days when random people that knew your parents could pick you up on the side of the road, and it was perfectly okay. <laughs> and as I think about this story that Dad used to tell us, the day the teacher never came to school, I'm reminded of something that having no order isn't always that great. And that is why he gives us his divine guidance through his word, through his spirit. So that as that psalmist says, your lamp, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So divine guidance today, I want to just recap it. It comes through listening to his spirit and obeying his word. And if you've been in the church or a Christian for a long time, you will recognize something. That I today haven't told you anything that you don't already know. And I don't think if you're like me or if... This is an issue we have in North America is, I don't think our problem is that we don't know enough. It's that we don't always apply what we do know. I mean, think about it. Right now, at the click of a button, you can go onto Amazon, you can go onto YouTube, you can go anywhere online, and you can get the best books, the best teachings, the best podcasts, videos, sermons, Bibles. And then I think about, what about the early church? 
You know, if you were a Christian in the early church, you wouldn't even have had one Bible because there was no printing press. They didn't have the access to knowledge that we do, and yet, doesn't it not seem like sometimes their lives were filled more with the power of the Spirit? And I believe the secret is, is because they obeyed and applied the little that they did know. And so my challenge for you this week is is simply this. If you have an issue or a question for God, how serious are you willing to go to get the answer from the Lord? You know, sometimes it may require spending and devoting more time in prayer and not maybe watching that Netflix show. Sometimes, if you really want answers from God and there's something serious, sometimes you've got to fast. And I tell you, I don't, I'm not going to get into it today, but I've had the most clear answers from God when I was fasting. It's not that we're twisting God's arm, it's more that we are showing and get preparing our hearts to receive from Him. And so my question is, how serious are you willing to go to get an answer? Because sometimes, and I've been guilty of this, sometimes we pray these prayers and part of us doesn't even expect that God is going to answer and we just go about our day. And we don't take that time to actually expect that when, he, that when we call on Him, He will answer us. And so do you remember I was telling you that story at the beginning about what I was going to do career-wise? I was praying, I was down on my knees. Well, after I'd said my prayer, I just listened. I was waiting, I was trying to, like, God, what are you saying right now? And I can't describe how God speaks to each person, but I felt that God was saying, for me, the reason I wanted to trade was that so my finances and life would be taken care of. I wouldn't have to worry. But he said, if I, wanted, if I was going to pursue Bible college and ministry, I would then have to trust in him to provide for finances. And I felt in that prayer time that God wanted me to go and take that step of faith and go off to Bible college that fall. And you know, before I got up off my knees and said, okay, I'm going to Bible college, I said, God, this is a big deal. To move to New Brunswick, I'm from Ontario originally, to move to New Brunswick, to a place that I don't know anyone, is a big thing. If, if this is really of you, God, and not just my mind, I said, God, would you confirm it? Would you make it clear to me? And so... I did something that you should never do, typically. <laughs> but in my, in my ignorance, but still with a true heart, pure heart, God honored my request. Because this is what I did. I was still kneeling down, and I did the old, close your eyes, and go like this, and find a page, just randomly, at random, and, put, and then you find the page, and then you like go like this, and see what verse God is going to tell you as a confirmation. And so I did that. 
And I put my finger down on a spot, and I opened my eyes, and I was disappointed. <laughs> but I'll tell you why I was disappointed. I was disappointed because my finger wasn't even on, the, on Scripture. <laughs> it, it was on... It was on, in my Bible, each book, there's a summary, like a one-paragraph summary about what the book's about. And my finger landed on the summary of this little book called Amos in the Old Testament. And there it is. I give it away. It's right there. I looked down, and to my disbelief, it said, Farmer turned prophet. Now, if some of you don't know, farming was my life, and that's what I was working in. That was my hope and dreams. And so I looked down and I saw that farmer turned prophet. And I never have had that happen before. And so I got up and said, God, I guess you want me to go off to Bible college. And the rest is history, as they say. Now, a couple things I want to say about this story is, don't go home today and say that the pastor said, do this, right? Probably not the best. And also, that was a confirmation. I don't get all my guidance just from what, what verse my finger lands on. It was a confirmation, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this. Expect great things from God. Expect Him when you actually pray and fast and seek His face. Expect Him that He is going to give the answer that you need to your situation right now. Let's pray. Father, we just, as we go into this September, as things start up again, we need your guidance, Father. There are so many things going on around us in our lives that we just sometimes don't know what to do. And I just am so thankful that you have come to show us the way. And so, Father, I pray for anyone in here that is struggling, anyone that is seeking an answer. God, I just pray that we would become serious enough to seek you first above everything else and that we would trust you, that you are going to guide us in the days ahead. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.